0: Welcome. I'm Kevin Scott, one of the story architects of Star Wars: The High Republic. This is Dominic Pace, who plays Gek with the Bounty Hunter from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Claudia Gray. I write Star Wars books. And you're listening. And you are listening to Star Wars comics in canon. The force is strong with this one. <laughs> Hello there, and welcome to Star Wars Comics in Canon, your guide to the wider Star Wars canon through the comic book lens. And to take you on this journey, I'm your host, Mike Burton. So for episode 19 I'm going to be speaking about the crossover event Vader Down which is a crossover between the main run of Star Wars comics and the main run of Darth Vader comics. Now just before I get into those there's going to be a little bit of background information and things like that but what I wanted to say is that if this is your first time listening to Star Wars comics in canon I really recommend you go back and listen to episodes 9, 13, 15 and 17 because the events that happen in this come from the events of the main run of star wars comics as well as the main run of darth vader comics in episode 9 and 13 i speak about the first two volumes of star wars the main run and then in episodes 15 and 17 i speak about the first and second volumes of the main run of the first run of darth vader comics and then this is those ones combining essentially because it's comics number 13 and 14 from both star wars and darth vader as well as issue 15 from darth vader and a special one-off issue called Vader Down which kind of kick-started this all off so if you are only listening for the first time and you just want to hear about Vader Down and nothing else obviously listen on that's completely fine but I would recommend going back and listen to those previous episodes And for full clarity, if you follow me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter, but I think Instagram I generally put the most effort in in this regard, is at Genuine Chit Chat on Instagram. I also post images a lot of the time of the comics too. I generally post the covers as well as I try and do the sort of opening crawl because each comic has its own opening crawl as well. And if I have any variants or anything like that, I'll take a photo of those too. And in this instance, I bought the annual collection or the hardcover collection of the Vader Down. So it's got the Vader Down 1 then Vader 13 to 15 and Star Wars 13 to 14 as well. But I bought it from Zavi, I believe. And I actually got a Zavi exclusive variant cover of the first issue just called Vader Down. So if you go over to my Instagram and things, I think I'll be posting that up at some point in the next week. So that's something to look forward to, too. Before delving into the narrative, some more background information. So if anyone is unaware, this Vader Down, as well as the Darth Vader series and the main run of Star Wars comics, are all set in the three years between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. For clarity between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, it's about a year, but those are in other comics and things, you don't need to worry about that. But yeah, there's quite a few years between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and that's what this comic, as well as the other comics, are all set in. Issue number one, which is just called Vader Down 1, that was released in November 2015, and then the sixth and final issue was Vader number 15, and that was released on January 2016. The trade paperback collection was released April 2016, and the hardcover, which is the one that I've got, was released in February 2017. Now the writers it was split between two teams of people essentially it was the team that are doing the main run of Star Wars comics and also the team that are doing the main run of Darth Vader comics. So for the Star Wars issue 13, 14 and Vader Down number one the writer is Jason Aaron the artist is Mike Deodato Jr the colorist is Laura Martin for Vader Down and then Frank Martin Jr was the colorist for the main run of Star Wars comics. For the Darth Vader comics, 13, 14, and 15, the writer is Kieran Gillen, the artist is Salvador La Roca, and the colorist is Edgar Delgado. So, they're the people who were behind this, and Kieran Gillen and Jason Aaron got together and decided they do a crossover event and things, which is really cool, love this sort of thing. You should be familiar with all the characters in this, even if you haven't listened to the other comics and things, apart from Dr. Afra, Triple Zero, BT-1, and Black Chrysantin. Uh, Dr. Afra, brief, is basically like a rogue archaeologist. Think of like Indiana Jones, but kind of like opposite. So she's Bit less moral than Indiana Jones is, but she loves crazy cool things. She's very good with tech and that sort of thing. And then Triple Zero and BT1 are homicidal droids. Triple Zero is a protocol droid who looks much like C3PO but is a dark grey instead of a gold. He likes to kill people, drain their blood, and torture them. While BT1 is an astromech, so much like R2D2, except he's got like a flamethrower injection needles, I think. He's got missiles and god knows what else under that so they're both murder bots essentially black chrysanthemum is a black wookie chewbacca is a Wookiee, just for clarity um who is also a bounty hunter he's worked with Aphra before and in the other darth vader comics he pops up there so they're the kind of characters that you should know if you've listened to previous episodes of this or read the comics yourselves but also there's a character that will come up called Carbin, who was a mon calamari which is what Admiral Akbar is, the guy who says it's a trap in Empire Strikes Back, his his most famous role. And Carbon is basically kind of like a mix between General Grievous from Episode Three and the Clone Wars, mixed with Admiral Akbar, because yeah, it's basically the head of a Mon Calamari onto a body which is described in previous issues as the next step after Grievous. So that's basically I think all the other characters that appear you should know about as it's you know Vader, Leia, Luke, Han, Chewie, 3PO etc. So that shouldn't be a problem at all. So with all of that sort of background information let's go on to the narrative. Issue number one which is Vader down starts with Vader going to a place called Vrogas Vass which is a planet. Uh, Vrogas Vass is mentioned in the Star Wars comic and also the Vader comic running up to this because obviously this is what he's running up to. Essentially, Vader is searching for Luke after recently finding out that his name is Luke Skywalker. He was was first just searching for the person who blew up the Death Star uh, to get revenge and, you know, Empire's justice and all that. And then he got Boba Fett involved and Boba Fett found out that his name was Luke Skywalker. And that has obviously made Vader even more insistent on finding Luke and doing whatever he wanted to do. So, That's basically where we're at. Just for a little bit of clarity, Vrogus Vass is a planet with a lot of gaseous emissions and things. There's no natives. Uh, The things living on the planet are all from other places. They've been kind of put there. They're not indigenous. And... Vrogus Vass seems to not appear in the films or much of the expanded canon uh, it does appear in the Vader comics the Star Wars comics and then I believe it gets mentioned down the line in the Doctor Aphra main run of comics it is also briefly mentioned in the Bloodline book but I can't remember exactly what parts of Bloodline it is mentioned in but this comic this Vader crossover is the main way of people seeing what Vrogus Vass is all about. And also a tiny bit other thing, there is a temple on Vrogus Vass, which in my summary of the events that happen in this, I don't really delve into that much. At one point, Luke kind of walks through it, hears the voice of Ben saying he should turn back or something, and then things happen. So Luke is meant to go there, kind of find out more about himself and things, and he's reading the journals of old Ben Kenobi, which he found because Obi Wan basically left them for him. And in the main run of Star Wars comics. Luke does read those like as it's going on I am going to do a specific video about the journals of old Ben Kenobi once the main run of Star Wars comics has got past the last one and then I can just do one video about all of them rather than doing in trips and drabs but that's why Luke has gone there and the temple there there's also there was a Jedi called Finn Law Woe who was a female Jedi and that seems to be all we know about them in canon. Anyway, Vader is in his TIE fighter going to Vrogus Vass. He basically enters the system and there's a lot of rebel ships just outside of it. So they immediately start to attack him and three rebel squadrons attack him. And just for clarity, a squadron generally consists of 12 ships. So around 36 rebel ships, primarily X-Wings, start to just fire on Vader and try and get him. And obviously, if anyone has seen all the films you know he doesn't die here. So he gets attacked by the three rebel squadrons and he manages to outmaneuver pretty much all of them. People shoot torpedoes at him and he uses the force to make them just split apart as just before they're hitting him. So, you know, you can't, even if you hit him, you won't even really hit him. And so Luke decides to take a very heroic action and just flies his X-Wing straight into Vader's TIE Fighter and then they both are very, very damaged and start to fall down to the planet of Rogus vas and essentially have a crash landing. Afra heads out and to basically trying to help because Afra has been working with Vader for the previous comics and whatnot. He asked her to hang back and things and then after knowing that he's crashed and things, she's like, okay, I need to kind of get involved and help in some way. So she decides to fly to Vrogas Vas with BT-1 and Triple Zero. And I just want to read you out a little bit of Triple Zero. I don't often read that much dialogue when I do these things. But I like to read little bits and pieces just that I find funny or enjoyable in some way. And just as a reminder, Triple Zero is basically like C-3PO. He even speaks like C-3PO. He's just a homicidal maniac. So I'm just going to read what he says. So Aphra says to him, you know, at this point, I'm not sure it'll be worse. But either way, we've got to go after him. Speaking about Vader. And if he's dead, well... And Triple Zero says, Might I make a suggestion? We could always simply murder everyone we encounter. No matter the problem, I usually find that to be the most elegant solution. Then you hear a beep, and he says, BT rather excitedly agrees. Aphra says, We're flying right into a nest of rebel troops, Triple Zero. I expect you'll get your wish. And he says, Oh, splendid. Did you hear that, BT? We get to torture and exterminate indiscriminately. Oh, I have a simply delightful feeling about this mission. So if that isn't enough to get you to want to read more of this comic and the Doctor Aphra comics and the Vader comics, because who doesn't love a homicidal C-3PO? It's just the best. And so much of his dialogue is so cracking, I'm not going to read all of it. In fact, I'm not even sure if I'm going to read any more. Who knows? I'll just have to tease that and just say to you, you know, go out, buy the comic, or find a way of reading it, because it's cracking. So back on Rogus Vast, you've seen that Vader's tie fighters crash and he thinks to himself Oh, well if i've survived this then maybe the boy has too especially as i can tell he's quite strong in the force and things and so three y wings um, fly over which y wings are the bombers essentially of the rebel fleet uh they're in the shape of a y so they're quite easy to know what they look like they're in the original trilogy and you know an x-wing looks like an x and shoots a lot of lasers and things has a couple of torpedoes but it's mainly for taking on other fighters while y wings have bombs essentially and they're much better at destroying much bigger star cruisers or you know doing bombing runs on places and things so one three of those fly over vader's crash site see that vader's there and prepare to bomb vader and what vader does is lifts up chunks of debris made of rock and metal and things and just with the force and just launches them at the y-wings and completely destroys all of them which is incredibly badass and then luke sees the explosion in the distance and thinks oh if i survive this and vader's probably survived it and So then Luke, when he sees that explosion, he decides to pursue it. And I just want to say with this comic, this is one of the best of the... It's kind of like a mini series, and it's a crossover event and it's like his own isolated story, but it does continue on with other stuff. But this is one of my favourite Star Wars stories because not only is the story just really cool, but you get to see Vader unhinged and be completely badass. Kind of think of it like Vader in Rogue One when he has that scene with the rebels near the end and how amazing that is to see Vader kind of unhinged and just go badass, that is what this comic does excellently. There are so many action scenes where Vader is incredibly badass and I'm not going to spend loads of time describing all of them to you guys because that's not fun for you and it's not fun for me, but there are plenty of them. But I do just want to read a little bit of dialogue here um, of Vader just to show once again how amazing uh, Kieran Gillen has you know, pinpointed how Vader is in this, as well as Jason Aaron, because I'm sure he contributed a lot to the Vader stuff too. So as I said, just as Luke sees the explosions in the background, the first comic ends with Vader walking through, kind of thinking to himself about a few things, and then some rebels yell out and yell, Darth Vader, lay down your weapons, you're surrounded. And then I, you hear the page turn. Ooh, wow, ASMR. Um, And it's a double page spread of Vader completely surrounded by... Just looking at this, the ones that are just from this angle, there seem to be at least 50, 60, maybe up to 100 rebels. So there's a lot of them here. And Vader's right in the middle of all of them and you've got them all aiming at him and things. And he says, all I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men and ignites his lightsaber. The next comic starts with Vader still surrounded by them and he's got his lightsaber ignited. They say to him, lower your weapons you know you've got no chance in things and he says very well and one of them kind of goes okay force be praised lord and he says lower your weapons you will not be harmed and they're like "Uh, okay right uh, i guess he's not gonna back down light up the murdering and then you see vader and you see a couple of the Thermal detonators kind of beeping and things, which are those orbs that people hold that are basically grenades. You see a lot of them all beeping, and everyone's like, uh, wait, what was happening? And then you see just loads of different rebels who've all got thermal detonators on their belts just exploding because he's obviously activated them all with the force. And then it does this amazing montage. He gets shot at by a tank artillery, he deflects it with his lightsaber back at the tank, then there's a smoke everywhere, and he's just going around cutting people down, which is incredible. <laughs> And to clarify, in the last comic, there's a couple of panels of just Han and Leia heading to Vorgas Vast after finding out Luke's gone there. And there's basically a Rebel refueling station there. So secret, no one knew about it until obviously now. But there was a Rebel secret refueling station there they would just stop off at to refuel, obviously. And so Leia and Han decide to go down there. And that was in the previous comic. So now in this one, Han and Leia are speaking and... Han says look let me take a speeder let me go find luke because obviously he crashed we can we can go find him and leia says look i can't spare a, a speeder for you we need to try and get vader vader's down there this might be our only opportunity to take him down he is too much of an asset for the emperor you know we've already destroyed the death star if we can take down vader as well that'll be an even more critical hit to the empire and so she says i'm sorry i can't i can't spare it to you you know i would never forgive myself if we were one speeder short of being able to beat him so Han takes the falcon and decides to go find Luke. In the remainder of the comic, Aphra calls Black Chrysantin, who's the Wookiee bounty hunter I mentioned and has been in the Darth Vader comics previously, she calls him to come and assist. While that's all happening as well, a rebel ship finds Vader and... Some people also go and find Vader's TIE fighter and they go and see, oh, it's been damaged, but he probably could survive this. But someone's ripped all the guns out and it cuts back to Vader with um, a ship flying above him. And he uses the force to activate these guns that he's taken off of his TIE fighter to shoot this out of the sky. While that's all happening, Aphra sees Luke and starts to basically pursue him. And while Luke is taking a look around the Jedi Temple, which I mentioned previously, triple zero so as in c-3po but the bad one he gets painted gold and he comes and luke's like oh c-3po what are you doing here sort of thing and he stays silent and then when he gets close enough to luke he electrocutes him with triple zero's crazy electric hand and things so pretty good disguise there that comic ends and the next one starts up now it basically starts with r2d2 is trying to sort of square up to bt1 which is the other astromech and the other astromech pulls out like rocket launches and things and starts firing wildly at r2d2 so r2 is like zooming away trying to escape being blown to smithereens by bt1 and while that's all happening it's causing a lot of explosions and a lot of things going on and while han and chewie are flying the falcon they see a lot of these explosions and think well that's probably where luke is because he's always in a lot of trouble and things so they basically land and go over to there and while that all happens and things, they manage to pursue Aphra, Triple Zero, and BT1. They manage to catch up with them. Han basically is shooting down from like a cliffside at Aphra and kind of trying to distract her a little bit. And while they're sort of yelling to each other and antagonizing each other, Chewie sneaks up behind them and rips off one of Triple Zero's arms. So that's how happening, and things go, you know, chaos starts to ensue a little bit on that side. And then while that all happens, Leia goes with Delta Squad to find Vader. And the Delta Squad captain is saying, look, princess, we don't need to come along. You know, this is going to be very dangerous. We may not make it back and things. And she's like, nope, I'm coming. That's that. You can't convince me otherwise. Let's go. So it cuts back to Han, Chewie, Aphra, and the homicidal droids all sort of fighting and things. Triple Zero manages to inject Chewie with something called Mandalorian Xenotox. I've looked online. It's not really anywhere else in canon except here, but it incapacitates Chewie. While that's happening, Han and Aphra are looking at each other through the scopes and thinking that the other one is so stupid because they've stopped under a nest of wasp worms and they each shoot the nest of wasp worms above the other one's head and then they get attacked by wasp worms. Now for clarity wasp worms I couldn't find anything else about them in the canon so it seems to just be in these sort of issues but they seem to be basically around 50 centimeters or maybe 20 inches or so long worms that are fairly thick that can also fly that live in hives together so a swarm of flying worm wasp things start coming out and they're only in a couple panels of this comic but they look pretty grim and are basically terrifying if you ask me nothing more terrifying than Mixing a wasp with a worm that is attacking you and things. So, those horrendous nightmare material beings are in this comic. While Han and Afra are basically being swarmed by wasp worms and kind of running about, unable to escape them and things, Triple Zero is about to really hurt Chewie, like probably kill him and pulls out some sort of sharp object. And then Luke sneaks up and saves him, slices off Triple Zero's other arm, stabs him through the chest, kicks him away, and then tries to help Chewie up to leave. While that's happening, Aphra and Han are basically on the floor after being incapacitated. They seem to literally actually butt heads. They're running around by these swarms of waspworms and just ran into each other and collapsed on the floor, essentially. And then Luke goes over there with Chewie and manages to kind of get Han up and things they try to leave and then triple zero and BT-1 approach them and start threatening them. R2-D2 then sprays oil on the one eye that BT looks out of right in the center and then BT-1 starts going a bit crazy and firing missiles everywhere which causes quite a nice distraction for Han, Chewie, Luke, R2 and C-3PO to all escape. While that's going on you've got Leia on the lookout for Vader and things, and then something doesn't quite seem right, and then both of the guards that were with her, she has two, I say guards, two of the soldiers that were with her, start to make a bit of noise, and it turns out they're being force choked. They collapse to the ground, dead, and Vader is standing over Leia, and that's the end of the comic. The next comic starts with Luke, Han, and Chewie getting to the Millennium Falcon, and while that's happening, Aphra calls Chrysanthemum in and says, look, Come in, Black Anton I know. i've Told you about to come in this area. Now I need you to come planet side and really help out with a couple of things. So while that's happening, Vader allows Leia to escape essentially. And as she runs on, he says, "Good, lure me to the boy." So she's letting him try and regroup with Luke, so he can try and get his hands on him. Then, as that's happening, Leia tells C-3PO to get the rebels to bomb on her position. She says to C-3PO, "Leave the area right now and immediately call in some sort of airstrike, because." even though it would kill me it'll also kill vader which is what we want so then 3po gets to han and things says that to him orders the airstrike and whatnot and han says look we can quickly save leia we can fly the falcon in swoop pick her up and leave and she'll be fine so as they do that they fly into action and then black chrysanthemum ship basically hits straight into their ship on purpose causing them to do a little crash landing As that happens, Black Crescenton comes out and is being quite aggressive, and Black Crescenton basically is trying to grab Luke. Chewie then gets in the way, manages to stop him, and then Han says to Luke, look, you go off and find Leia. Try and warn her, get her out of the way. Whatever you do, just just get her out, essentially. We'll stay here and handle Black Crescenton. And while this is all going on, you've got triple zero and bt-1 appear again and triple zero takes c-3po's arms with the help of bt-1 so c-3po is now armless and triple zero now has golden arms so as this is happening the y-wings from the rebels basically spring into action they enter fly over where leia and also vader are to prepare for their bombing run and then some imperial tie fighters appear and start to shoot them out of the sky and things and that shows that Carbon has emerged Carbon is the Mon Calamari that I mentioned previously, body of Grievous, head of Mon Calamari, which is like a squid man person like a fish person more so admiral akbar on general grievous's body so quite scary he emerges because just in brief in the vader comics the emperor has been training up lots of apprentices to be able to kind of surpass vader in some ways none of them seem to be force sensitive at all but they've all got their special tricks and things and Carbon is good with a lightsaber because he has four of them much like grievous and it's quite easy to slice through hundreds of rebels when you have four laser swords and they generally don't have any So the next comic starts up with Carbin and the stormtroopers approaching Vader. And Carbin says to the stormtroopers, let you go get Luke and Leia. I'm going to stay here and deal with Vader. It cuts back to Chewie still fighting Black Chrysantin, and Chewie seems to be losing the fight quite a bit. It goes back to where Luke was and he was wandering through the temple once again. And then he's kind of getting distracted by thoughts and he kind of hears Ben's voice and that sort of thing. And then he immediately gets surrounded by Imperials. He dives behind a rock and things and starts shooting back with his blaster. And Triple Zero and BT-1 have been following him. And they speak to Aphra and say, look, what do you want to do? You know, Vader's troops basically got here, so we've sorted it. And she says, no, they aren't Vader's. They are Carbon's troops. That will stop Vader achieving what he wants. That's very bad for us. Please get rid of the Stormtroopers. To that, Triple Zero is very, very gleeful. And him and BT start, well, killing Stormtroopers. BT-1 shoots a flamethrower out and it's a lot of chaos. And obviously, among that, Luke escapes a bit. While that's all going on, Vader is fighting Carbon. It's a really, really cool fight, and I really recommend people to go check out online. That's really, really good artistry. As artistry is that the word? The the pencil work, the colouring work, everything. It looks incredible. It's a really cool, fun fight. And then at one point, Vader slams this giant stone pillar right onto Carbon and says something about, you know, the dark side of the force is so powerful, you won't be able to deal with it. You can be as good as you want with the lightsaber, but The dark side is much more powerful. So, Carbon is kind of trying to evade him and sort of dives around and kind of slinks away a little bit. And Vader is walking through sort of near that Jedi temple. While that's happening, Vader can hear thoughts and almost ghosts about Anakin. There's some quotes, you know, you're the chosen one, you're meant to fulfill the prophecy. Those sorts of Anakin prequel bits of dialogue, he can hear some of them and gets a little bit distracted by them. And while that's happening, Luke gets captured by BT1 and Triple Zero once again and Triple Zero this time just saps him. While that's continuing on, Chewie is downed by Black Crescenton, and then Black Crescenton grabs Han, and then while that's all going on, Vader is still fighting Carmen, and Leia is right in the vicinity, and you see her lift up her blaster, aiming for the back of Vader, and then the comic ends so get to the last comic here i hope you guys have been able to keep up it's quite hard in my brain trying to flip back between forwards and backwards between them all while I'm trying to make it coherent for you guys all listening um but hopefully my notes are doing a good job so we're on to the final comic and as i said the final issue in the chronology is the darth vader comic number 15 just for full clarity in the order it is vader down one darth vader 13 star wars 13 darth vader 14 star wars 14 Darth Vader 15. And Darth Vader 15 is now where we are, and that is the final issue of the Vader Down miniseries crossover event thing. So the comic starts with Leia watching Vader and Carbon fighting and things, and C3PO is trying to contact her on the comms saying, Look, look, Han is about to get killed by Black Chrysantin. Luke's been captured, Chewie's down, please help, loads of bad stuff is going on, we really really need some help here. And she's staring at Vader and kind of thinking, and she sees some images of Alderaan blowing up, and she's trying to make a decision of what she wants to do. And clearly what happens is that she makes the decision to save her friends rather than to kill her enemies. So she leaves, puts the gun away, and goes to help essentially. While that's happening, 3PO approaches Black Crescenton, who is, was getting Han. He goes up to him and tells him to stop hurting Han and things. And so Black Crescenton decides to punch him through his chest. And in doing so, gets electrocuted by 3PO's circuitry. And both 3PO and Black Crescenton collapse to the ground with a little bit of smoke coming off both of them. Then it goes back to the Vader and Carbon fight. Um, they're fighting, and Carbon is mocking Vader and things, saying when he's done with him, you know, he'll take over him. He'll be the Emperor's number one. Blah blah blah. And while that's all going on, Vader lures him onto this sort of ridge. It's almost like a bridge made out of like rock and things. And he managed to get him there. And then Afra flies her ship straight into the bridge thing, breaking it into Carbon, and she manages to eject just before the ship hits the ground fully. And Carbon is on the floor, you know, bleeding, and he says to Vader, you're clearly, there's something in this more than than you're letting on. This isn't just a mission for you. There's something far more, isn't there? And Vader says, you'll never know, and lifts up his blade, swipes it down, and executes Carbon. Then it goes to Vader being told, you know, Luke's being captured and taken away by Carbon's forces and you see him being taken away in an Imperial shuttle. Imperial shuttles are quite common in the original trilogy. It's basically, it's almost like a box, but with three wings, but like three fins, one coming up the top and two coming off the sort of corners of the box, essentially. If you can't think of what I'm thinking of, just type an Imperial shuttle into Google. It's a very common ship in Star Wars. And if my description isn't doing it justice, you will know what I'm speaking about. So he sees that Luke is going off in there. So he raises his hand, closes it into a fist, and one of the engines blows out and the ship has a crash landing. Han and Chewie and things go over to the crash site to try and get Luke and save him and things and they manage to find him and it turns out that the Imperial Guards, the Royal Guards I've mentioned in previous episodes, they're in full red and they're quite bad. Um, They were in the ship as well and as they were getting out to follow Luke, BT-1 and Triple Zero, seemingly BT-1 has some sort of long-range gun, maybe a sniper rifle of some sort, and picks off those Royal Guard so that Luke can get back to Han and things. They get back to the Falcon and Han says that someone has patched up the Falcon that's quite peculiar and it turns out that Aphra was the one doing it because she says yes you're very observant Solo but if you were that observant you'd notice that I've put loads of micro mines around here and she holds up this little it looks like a cigarette lighter and she holds up and says I've got the detonator now you guys are going to listen to me do what I say or we're all going to get blown up and while she's doing that and trying to control the situation Leia sneaks up behind her and then turns her around and punches her flat in the face, knocking her straight onto the floor. Which is a very, it's one of my top layer moments, I absolutely love it. Um, so they bring her onto the Falcon, they leave Vrogas Vass, and the final panel is Vader watching the Millennium Falcon fly away. And that's the end of Vader Down. Uh, For clarity, it's not really the end. It's just like a nice little snippet. But if you haven't listened to or haven't read the Star Wars comics or the Darth Vader comics, as in the main run of Star Wars comics, uh, or the first run of Vader comics initially done by uh, Kieran Gillen, you need to, essentially. (laughs) They're brilliant. They add a lot of extra depth to the character development between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back. As I've said, it is a three year difference between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and then a further one year between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. The comics will be continuing because this plot line has got more to go uh, because I believe there's about 10 or 11 volumes of the main run of Star Wars comics. There are four Vader volumes excluding vader down it goes one two vader down three four and then there's a doctor afro comic as well which is set after the vader comics so there's a lot of things to get into and if you're new to the show then I try not to do the consistent series constantly so this week is Vader down for clarity next week is going to be Galaxy's Edge which is the mini series set after episode 6 or between episode 6 and episode 7 and it's obviously in sort of promotion of the Disney World attraction Galaxy's Edge as well which I haven't had the pleasure to go and see. I am hoping to in the next couple of years. And if I do, I will let all you guys know how amazing it is. But until that day, I just have to have my pipe dreams and just read the comics about it. So there'll be the Galaxy's Edge one, which is kind of falls in the sequel trilogy, essentially. Episode 21, which will be the week after that. So that's two weeks from where you're hearing this. That's going to be volume three of Star Wars. It's going to be called Rebel Jail and that's going to be issues 16, 17, 18, and 19 of the main run of Star Wars comics. So that's what's going to be in then, Then the week after that, I think I'm going to do the Chewbacca miniseries, because last week I did the Lando comic, which the Lando miniseries, five-part miniseries by Charles Saul. It's really, really cool. That, as well as the Princess Leia miniseries I did a little while ago, and the Chewbacca series that's coming up soon. They're all in a hardback collection called Heroes for a New Hope. The Lando and the Princess Leia comics really good. I have not actually read the Chewbacca one yet, so I'm quite excited to read that. And we'll be doing that. And then in Episode number 23, which is a month from today, I'll be getting on to the third volume of Darth Vader, which is the Shoe Torrent War. So that's what you can look forward to in the coming weeks. I really recommend you subscribe to Comics in Motion because not only are there loads of other amazing shows that come out each day on this feed, but also it means you won't miss an episode of Star Wars Comics in Canon. You can also find me on the usual social media places. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Genuine Chit Chat and the reason for that is because my main air quotes flagship podcast is Genuine Chit Chat. I basically have a different guest on each episode and we talk about a wide variety of things. I've had friends on, we've just talked about random stuff like traveling or video games or movies. I've had other people want to speak about lack of diversity in things in media. I've had artists as in musicians on, I've had people in bands, I've had authors, travelers, blind inspiring individuals. Yes, I said blind inspiring as in they are blind individuals who are incredibly inspiring. Loads of other different things, and I've got many exciting episodes to release for all you guys who are listeners to both this show and Genuine Chit Chat. If you don't listen to Genuine Chit Chat, that's completely fine, but really appreciate you guys listening. As I said, tune in next week for Galaxy's Edge and the week after that for the next issue of this Vader Down. Whereas the Vader Down is a small chapter within the wider sort of chapter between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, and it will be the next chapter in that. So Be sure to subscribe, as I said, really appreciate each and every one of you, listen to the other shows on Comics and Motion, and may the Force be with you. The intro for Star Wars Comics and Canon is arranged by myself, Mike Burton, and the backing music was made by Eric Matias of soundimage.org. You have just experienced host, creator, everything else of Genuine Chit Chat, and also the host and creator of Star Wars Comics and Canon, found on the Comics in Motion podcast, Mike Burton.